At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. And John, I, I feel on this Wednesday, January 20th, that a great burden has been lifted. James Harden was traded. We don't have to talk about it anymore after today because uh, hilariously, about what, maybe 30 minutes after we recorded that trade actually yeah. went down. There was plenty of dumb shit that we said uh, that ended up not being true about said trade. But I wanted to just get your opinion on what the eventual package ended up being there. Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn basically gave up everything, right? That there was there was nothing that they could have put in the trade that they really held back, uh, asset wise. I mean, maybe you know they hung on to their seconds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, and then they but, then they had to give up one of those due to the Levert situation. Yeah, exactly. And you know they had to give up Jared Allen. Uh, they had to uh, uh, increase their luxury tax position. They had to give up every first round pick. They now it was three picks and four swaps rather than the opposite i guess you could say that but uh that they gave up plenty and those unprotected future picks of theirs i mean those are very vulnerable picks if you look at the age of irving durant harden uh i mean the fact that they can leave and all leave in two years a but even if they stay what's that going to be like yeah i mean this is going out to 2027 when kevin durant will be 39 years old it's and i mean i think he's set up for some pretty decent longevity given his skill set at Harden I don't feel as strongly about and Mm -hmm. Irving obviously has health issues and these are all three of them players who have been rather combustible just in terms of what they want and where they want to be and and stuff like that so yeah I mean it's now one difference perhaps between this and the last time by the way Tim Bontemps had this stat that the Brooklyn Nets have not used their own first round selection in the entire time they've been in Brooklyn Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and this isn't this isn't even they used it and they traded it away. Yeah. It's they didn't even use it. Yeah. I mean that is insane. Now yeah. maybe some of this is just a feeling from the Nets that hey, you know, we did it before with no draft picks. We'll have some swaps and we can still get some guys. Uh the swaps hopefully won't hurt us too much cuz Houston's going to suck for a while. And you know, may, maybe the thought is that we'll be okay. We did it before without draft picks. We can do it again and we can continue to find pieces around these guys um so i i mean was this really like an insane price it was it was a high price um was it was it an insane price i mean i 
I think, I mean, you're so locked in now in Brooklyn on this, just this two-year window. Um, and uh, are you, at the end of the day, do you, like, do you think this is a championship team now or a championship caliber team? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I think there is an argument that they may have actually gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Because, because just the, there's only so much better the offense can get and the defense is now like, guaranteed to be terrible. Right, right. Going from Kyrie to Harden, basically, as your lead perimeter guy, only moves the needle so much when you remove your rim runner and your your uh, defender from there uh, with with trading Allen, and then obviously you lose Levert as well. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of with you there. I, I mean, they definitely got better. They look more like maybe a conference finals team than they did. But I, I don't know if you make this deal to make the conference finals. No, and again, the shortness of the window. I think the the brevity of the window. You know, if this were a four-year window instead of probably realistically a two-year window then i i feel a lot better about it so would you have done this in the end i mean if this really was the price if they literally there's no way they could have negotiated harder uh than this if if houston said we're just not going to move them or we'll move them to philly if you don't literally give us all this gun to your head which is kind of how it was would you have done it i think i would have walked away um because i i guess i feel like what if kevin durant put a second gun to your head (laughs) but at the end of the day what's he gonna like what's he gonna do what's his leverage i mean just leave in a couple of years i i I think i would imagine as well that certain promises were made when he signed there about the level of influence that he would have in the organization well some of the transactions they made certainly indicate that right (laughs) you know yeah i mean but 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 sorry sorry, i I interrupted you you're saying you would have walked away yeah um you know i this package i i probably i'm not sure i would have done it for for any player other than you know maybe Giannis or luca where you know you know you get them for multiple years but I also think uh, you have this alternative where I know Bradley Beal isn't available right now, but that thing is going to hit the fan. And to me, he's a much more desirable addition on this roster uh, than Harden is even. Yeah, I think so. And also he's young enough for he would extend With your his, window. Yeah, he extends your window. You'll be able to have him another you know half decade after that. Uh, and that really gives you some insurance on the, on the picks and the pick swaps then. Yeah, uh, I, and also you know when you're paying him 50 million dollars it's for age 29 to 31 instead of and instead of james harden for you know 33 to 35 or, or yeah. you know, probably even longer than that i guess yeah say. harden but, re-signing or extending at his at the number he's going to command would definitely be a little scary I, I mean i do have to give houston a ton of credit here yes they had all this dysfunction that may have contributed to harden leaving although harden had his own contribution to that dysfunction yeah. as well but they played off philly and whoever whatever other mystery teams against brooklyn enough that brooklyn felt they had to just do it yeah they had to give up everything i mean to me also having to give up jared allen who you know to get a milwaukee 2022 first you know that's one of those really they wouldn't have done the deal without yeah. that type of things yeah, exactly exactly and, and jared allen obviously would, would have been extremely important to them winning this year yeah 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 putting out putting allen in that trade hurt so th- that's definitely uh, was a concern 
to me. But yeah, if it were me, obviously I would have locked away a, a lot earlier because again, I'm not sure. I think it probably does, but I'm not sure that it increases your championship odds. And I'm sure they feel like, okay, we can trade a second rounder for more guys to fill in or we can get guys in the buyout market but still i mean if you just look at i don't think they're going to get a better center than deandre jordan he'll probably be a similar type of guy if they did and then obviously they didn't want to give up joe harris so mm -hmm. like who are you going to get like Kyrie, kd and harden are all in the starting lineup joe harris is like you know an okay defender so like who are you going to get that's going to make this a good defense who's actually really going to be out there when it matters yeah yeah or are you going to sit one of those guys guys and play bruce brown right <laughs> probably not yeah. i mean maybe maybe they could and to like also maybe the salary aspect wasn't gonna work but to not also get like pj tucker in this deal as well sure seemed like they could have added dinwiddie and tucker to the deal right dinwiddie goes out tucker comes back houston would have still ended up below the tax yeah. Well, watch out, though. They, they still have a, a $10 million trade exception. Uh, Rafael Stone says they're going to be very aggressive in using that. I've never... They, they could end up above I the tax still. I can't remember the time somebody said, somebody said we, are, we, are, we are not... We are, <laughs> we, we're going to be really passive about this. <laughs> we're not... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and let it expire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I want to tell you about a new offering from Sports Business Classroom, an organization that I was involved in founding. And now they are launching the CBA Mastery Course, courtesy of the cap father himself, Larry Kuhn, who created the first CBA FAQ way back in 1999. Nobody knows more about the CBA than Larry Kuhn. And now, for the first time, you can learn the same information that Larry has been teaching teams, agents, and executives for over 20 years at your own pace, which is awesome. All the sexy stuff is in there. Uniform player contracts, exceptions, trades, extensions, waivers, the Gilbert Arenas provision. All of it's available via on-demand video. You can get interactive exercises you can do at your own pace. There's an exclusive members-only CBA Mastery Forum. Definitions of all the key CBA terms. A certificate of completion if you complete the course. You can also be included in exclusive emails promoting jobs in the, in the industry. You get a discount on Sports Business Classroom 2021 Business of Basketball Immersive Experience in Las Vegas. Subject to admission, of course. And placed on the exclusive Vegas Summer League Talent Profile website. Accessed exclusively by sports business executives looking for job candidates. If you sign up, you can receive 10% off the price of the CBA Mastery course using the discount code CAPSPACE if you're paying in full or CAPSPACE PP if you're playing with a payment plan. Once again, that's the discount code CAPSPACE or CAPSPACE PP for CBA Mastery at cbamastery.com. So I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, and, and I guess one of the other questions though is just how much did the Kyrie situation play into all this? Well, here's the thing. If you don't have Kyrie, you're not, I mean, are you good enough anyway? Yeah, I, I think they could be if they got other pieces around James Harden and Kevin Durant is two of the top five players in basketball probably or top yeah. 10 certainly so you put enough around them then perhaps so but again they don't I mean they don't have anything the whole issue is that they didn't they barely had enough before and now yeah I mean, so I, I agree I wouldn't have done it I, I think or, or at a minimum I would have just called the bluff I what should the price have been do you think see you could you could almost make a case for going all the way on the picks or close 
to it if you hung on to Allen. But to give it, I mean, to be like all in for right now and give up a starting center, that's a tough one. To, to, to say you're all in, so all in for right now, they're going to give up all these draft picks. Oh, and by the way, here's our starting center too. Yeah, that's that's what I really was not a, a huge fan of. And, and then, for Philly, and then, try, and they, then trying to get yeah. t- Tucker back out of it again. If you if you have this all in mindset, Dinwiddie for Tucker should be a no brainer. Well, and particularly because that would then give them a defensive theory that would work, right? If you watch that game against Milwaukee where DeAndre Jordan is literally camping out in the restricted area, okay, you could probably cobble together a decent enough math defense during the regular season with that approach. But you know, at the end of the game, Chris Middleton is getting a wide open 16-footer every single time. Yeah. And you're just not going to be able to beat the best teams with that defensive approach, I don't think, unless you just straight up outscore them. I mean, this could be the greatest offense of all time. They're probably like right up there with the 16-17 Golden State in terms of their talent level, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they're, I mean, that's obviously their approach is going to be just just be so ridiculous on offense that it doesn't matter what they do on defense. But I think I think that approach has its limits. Yeah, I mean, they, they do you agree with me? You think that they could be the best offense of all time now? Potentially, uh, depending on how these pieces, the one thing you worry about, like the bench minutes are going to be bad. Um, and they're actually going to, going to really hurt themselves if they win too easily <laughs> in some ways, uh, you know, in, in garbage time. Uh, but I mean, there's a, there's a case for it. I mean, that, you know, to put Joe Harris around those other three guys in a starting group and have that for 35 minutes a game for whatever. I mean, yeah. that's lethal. Uh, the other issue is how many games are these guys going to end up playing? Um, sure. Yeah. I'm thinking of at full strength, though. Yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, that's... it's it's going to be great to watch because I do think there's a there's a case for them being able to play at that level. And we just have to see how the pieces fit when Kyrie comes back, which uh, hopefully is going to be really soon here. Yeah. He's supposed to play tonight at, uh, against uh, I forget who they're playing tonight. But yeah, it's if you compare them to 16, 17 Golden State, Draymond Green and Zaza Pachulia and Andre Guadala, obviously 16, 17 Golden State is better because they also had a great defense and those guys were part of that. But, you know, Draymond couldn't shoot. Iguodala was only okay. You know, Zaza Pachulia and David West, I mean, those guys like weren't good offensive centers really who could finish around the rim in the way that you wanted them to. So, and you replace those guys with Joe Harris. And I mean, younger KD was probably better, but this KD is still pretty pretty darn good and you know i think steph at that of that era is probably better than either Kyrie or harden mm-hmm. so yeah it's probably it's probably close i think they have more shooting and more of an uh, offensive theory but obviously they're sacrificing the defense and uh you know we'll see how harden ends up playing those guys were all really additive whereas mm-hmm. these guys might be a little bit of diminishing returns even if they can all shoot you know james harden when he doesn't have the balls just stands at half court whereas steph yeah. curry when he didn't have the ball runs off the of screens and gets a ton of gravity yeah yeah i think you're also far too dismissive of patrick mccaw <laughs> he actually wasn't bad that year but yeah uh, the, he, things haven't worked out too well for him <laughs> uh anything else you wanted to say on that i mean the the philly aspect of this is, is interesting to me it's interesting uh i thought they probably made the right call uh not not going to i mean to go too far beyond simmons like oh i have to give right. you all this stuff on top of simmons like no get out of here um yep i agree yeah yeah so um you know i I thought they probably made the right call there the uh oladipo levert swap was kind of an interesting side note to this yeah well well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about philly for 
first before we transition to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought this was fascinating because Harden and Embiid is a better combination than Simmons and Embiid in pretty much every way other than than defense. But they've mm-hmm. got some, you know, Embiid is, is a really good defense player. I think that's clear. But your window is obviously shorter. You're probably looking at a two-year window if you get James Harden, but you're probably a legitimate championship contender during that period. Mm-hmm. I don't think that with a Simmons and Embiid core, unless there are major changes around them, that they are a championship contender. But you're also a guaranteed 50 wins for the next probably four years or so. We'll see what happens with the possible Embiid extension here. Mm-hmm. But so it's kind of like, okay, if you're a fan of this team or you're an owner or whatever, like I, I don't know if I can say, okay, do you want a two-year championship window and then probably you're done? Is that better as a fan than having a five-year window where you're winning 50 games every year? I don't know. I mean, what's what's your opinion on that? Just if you're an executive with carte blanche, what's more important to you? Uh, I want to have the longest window possible of being a realistic contender. So it, it really hinges on how realistic a contender you think you can be with Simmons and Bede. If I like, if I add one more guy to that, do I do I feel good, uh, or or do I still feel like I'm not quite yeah. there? I, I don't think they can get that guy though at this point, unless Tyrese Maxey develops into like a superstar. Paul Reed? No. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a great compliment offensively to Simmons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Am I, am I the only one on the island here? Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be hard for them. I mean, they cleaned up their cap sheet, so they, they have an opportunity to do some things at least. But get, getting another high-level player around these guys is going to be challenging. And having that high-level player fit is going to be challenging too. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think you it, once you get to the point where you're giving up the entire farm and Ben Simmons, that's that's probably not so great. Yeah, but. exactly, exactly. So the holidays are finally behind us, and maybe it's time to catch up on some much-needed sleep. Getting a good night's sleep is much easier than done, but our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep harder than NBA media is sleeping on DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, wow, that is, that is a surprising one in the copy there. Must be a Virginia fan who wrote this but check out cbd pm which blends 500 milligrams of high quality cbd with melatonin valerian root chamomile and other sleep promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid and if you want to relax a little bit before bed their new cbd bath salts fuse superior cbd with epsom dead sea and himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience they're available in lavender eucalyptus scents as well as a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs to make it even easier to get the ear start off right they're offering all our listeners 20 percent off your next order when you use the promo code nba at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com promo code nba for 20 percent off your purchase of superior cbd products from cbdmd the conference championships are coming up this week and there's only one place that has you covered one place that we here at locked on trust that is betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore get in in the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and make sure you visit our good friends and exclusive betting partner at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for that free account use the promo code locked on for your sign up bonus at betonline so um yeah yeah you wanted to talk about the lavert oladipo swap though yeah i thought it was really interesting 
interesting. I mean, Houston basically chose cap space over the Nets guys, right? They uh, they didn't they didn't want Jared Allen. They didn't want Torian Prince. They didn't want Karis LeVert. Instead, they wanted Victor Oladipo's expiring contract. Oh, oh, and Dante Exum's too. Uh, you know, they have some optionality with Oladipo. He'll help them be halfway decent this year, and then they can see what they want to do after the season. I thought that was a really interesting choice they made, though, to not say, okay, we have Allen and Lavert to help kickstart us rebuilding and, you know, taking us toward whatever's next. It's almost like they want to they want to go pretty far down in 22 and 23 so that by the time they owe the pick to OKC in 24, they're starting to come back up out of it. Yeah, I think and I think that's probably the right call for them hovering around the eighth seed for the next couple of years to me doesn't do a ton, even though surely people will point to and probably accurately the idea that they are going to be a lot cheaper next year as Oladipo seems pretty likely to leave. We'll see. Maybe he'll have honeymoon. He did have 32 points the other night, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure he loved. But uh, so, you know, maybe there's a possibility they they could he could resign there. But clearly they wanted to, you know, they weren't interested in Levert. And I think that's defensible for where they are as a team. You know, 27 to 29 year old Karis Levert over the next two years. Where is that getting you as one of your best guys? Yeah. Which is maybe the playing game if that continues into next year. So I think regardless of the money and, you know, you you guys certainly know that I am uh, not scared of criticizing Tillman Fertitta of her money issues. I think this is a case where being cheap actually is also the right move. And maybe they'll also get into the market for some bad contracts next year. What are they going to yeah. be in space next year now? I got them. I got them around leaves. 25 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I have also. So, so yeah, they'll be able to do some stuff if they don't keep Oladipo. Uh, I think, I think we're now moving into a situation where the annual sale, fire sale to get the rockets under the luxury tax is no longer a thing going forward and we move into a different area where the next couple years they probably operate as a room team take bad contracts do that kind of stuff okay let's change topics here and this is one where again i want to you know put your front office front office hat on this kevin porter jr situation if Mm -hmm. people haven't been following it basically he got into an altercation with kobe altman after he had all these uh, off the court issues including being accused of hitting a woman in august and then getting into a single car accident that led to marijuana and gun charges which were then dismissed and he's been largely away from the team they've been trying to reintegrate him slowly kind of the the josh jackson approach from last year yeah. it seemed like although porter jr's issues seem more severe even than jackson's which seemed kind of more you know team related but then he found out that his locker got moved for torian prince and he got really upset and he, he started throwing some food around the locker room and kobe altman couldn't calm him down he started yelling at kobe altman and now the Cavaliers are either going to trade or release him. But what are your thoughts uh, on that whole situation and how you deal with that as an executive? Yeah, it's it's tricky because um, on the one hand, you kind of you kind of prefer that the stuff that stuff like this not get out, and uh, because you're inevitably trying to trade the guy, you want to preserve the value of that. And but it's a situation like this is going to because at some point you have to take disciplinary action or you have to do what they did and just, you know, basically give them the Vernon Maxwell treatment and and say, you know, you need to stay away from the team for a while. So, yeah, I think it it was already clear by the fact that he hadn't been playing. Yeah, that there was that 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 if they were then trying to trade him and people would have figured it out whether you kept it quiet or not. Yeah, because usually I mean, usually you're making outbound calls and and they become progressive 
progressively more aggressive about, you know, <laughs> what would I, what would it take for you to leave the lot with Kevin Porter today? Um, and, uh, <laughs> old, old, you start sounding like old Gil from the Simpsons. Oh, I really need this sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you, you, you try to start out just dangling the line a little and see if anyone bites. Uh, it's hard for Porter cause he was just in his draft cycle. And the reason he fell to number 30 was because of questions about him off the court. And so, those are still fresh in teams' minds. I mean, basically all the front offices who did those evals are still in place. And so you're going to have a tough time moving him because of that. And that, you know, that's obviously how it played out. At this point, I presume he ends up getting uh, waived and somebody at some point will take a, a chance on him, whether it's a 10-day or him going to the G League or something. But it just seems like from from talking to some people that if you're going to bring him in, it's not just one of those deals where you're bringing a guy in on a 10-day and you're like, oh, okay, let's see how it goes. Like, you really need to have a plan and some structure and some of what Cleveland was trying to do and and see if see if that takes and if you know some maturity can lock in are there any teams that you think would he would be a good fit for where you would actually be willing to give up so, I mean I imagine the, the ceiling on that would be like a second rounder or something but it, where you actually would be like hey we, we have a good structure in place here we have a need for this type of young talent we can try to get it right with him uh, I mean, the one team I, you'd probably wonder about a little is is Miami, just because uh, of the strength of the people in that locker room and the kind of all business program they have there. Uh, now, you could argue one of the ways that Miami has built that is by not bringing in people like this, right? So that that would be the counter yeah. argument. But yeah. well, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't Hassan Whiteside. To be fair, I don't think he ever faced any of these sorts of accusations, but he, yeah. he had a, a similarly kind of checkered. Pattern. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's fun. Yeah, because we had, you know, we had Hassan in training camp that year and and he was awesome. And the uh, but the the track record there definitely was a was a concern. Um, it's 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 tough when you're dealing with a situation like that, because then it's not when it when it goes beyond just a basketball evaluation uh, and you, you're really into moving into some of the soft stuff where, you know, we we all I think I always gravitate toward like factual answers to things. And, and on something like this, yeah. it's, you, they, they don't exist. You, you just have to use your judgment. So uh, when you say using your judgment, what is, do you feel that if you have someone like Kevin Porter Jr. in there, you bring him in and another incident happens and you end up having to release him or something uh, like, I mean, is there really that big of a downside from that? Is it just that it sends the wrong message to the other players to bring someone like that in uh, that, it, or is, is it just that it's like now the coaching staff has to deal with this guy who might might be kind of a pain but you can always get rid of him if he is kind of a kind of a pain yeah so uh, the the it seems like from the outside that it's just kind of you know just take a flyer on him why not but uh obviously there's more to it than that yeah you know not having a g-league season this uh this year makes it a little weird i mean i guess they do have the g-league bubble i mean one of the things you could do in theory that you might not want to do this year because of all the roster shortages that have come up is to do basically what memphis did with josh jackson last year and 
put him on the G League, sign him to an NBA contract, put him on the G League team, tell him he has a one strike rule. And, you know, you could put him in that bubble and he's never going to have more structure than that and see how that goes and and whether that can carry to basketball beyond the bubble. Uh, so th- in some ways, the bubble is an opportunity and it's, uh, for the G League and, and in other ways, it's an obstacle. The average protein bar is quite terrible. It tastes like one of those layers of sedimentary rock at the top of the Grand Canyon. Built Bar has solved that problem, though. They are now up to 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, cherry bar, sia, cookies and cream, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake. That goes with the 12 original flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, mint brownie. They taste so good because they're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew, but they are still great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. For example, their peanut butter bar, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, just five grams of net carbs. And you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code lockdown the name of this network you get 20% off your next order that's promo code lockdown for 20% off at builtbar.com what's up sports fans matt peck here host of locked on bulls and i want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast huge fan is a new serious xm original podcast where stars talk sports each week join host lachina robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories game day rituals the most heated rivalries and more And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. The other concern is that it actually starts to go okay at first. And, oh, wow, this guy's playing really well here. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we should, like, start counting on this guy a little bit. Like, let's put him in a, a, as part of our plans. And then he builds up enough equity with his play that then he can kind of start being a little bit more of an asshole again. Yeah. And it, then he either brings down your locker room or you end up having invested all this time. And then a year from now, it goes to shit. Yeah. Right? And so that, that's another risk of this situation. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to think about here. And, you know, I'm sure that... The- the coaches at USC are getting a lot of calls this week uh, from from teams doubling back on all the background the work they did on the draft and really really trying to figure out where where his head's at and what he's about. But let me ask you this: in, in your experience, and this is not limited only to the team that you worked for, but when there's this kind of like an outburst or something, what percentage of those actually get out in the media? Because I'm sure you probably heard about ones when you did background uh, on guys that never actually made it out in, in the media. What what percentage do you estimate we actually hear about publicly? Uh, let's see. You know, on on the NBA level, um, I mean, what to, what counts as an outburst, really? I mean, usually, <laughs> usually at the NBA level, if it's serious, it gets out because the team has to discipline the player. You know, he'll be like suspended for a game, or he'll be on you know double secret probation on the end of the bench, and you'll kind of know something happened. So I actually think at the NBA level, they they get out more than they don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of it, to define an altercation like you asked, you know, a fight with a teammate or, or you know, throw, th- like this level of outburst, a coach. screaming match with an executive 
of that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it, it I, seems like it, if it happens in Cleveland, it gets out. Of <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think it's more likely to get out. Yeah, but but less so if it's you're talking about the college level is kind of what you're implying. Yeah, yeah. I because they, you know, the coaches there tend to keep a tighter lid on their programs. The players don't have, well, shouldn't have agents um, that that they can <laughs> leak this stuff to, and uh, so so it's just it's 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 just harder harder for stuff like that to get out. Maybe the Cavs need to think about just upgrading the food that they're serving to the players. Like, I, they that, really that seem dissatisfied be, with it. That may be the real problem. Uh, sippy cups, I think, are another uh, thing they should look at. <laughs> yeah, they, they can drink soup out of the sippy cups too. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so so this is something that you and I had talked about doing for a while here. I think this is a, a fun time to do it. You debuted this off season your new projection model. Uh, can you you want to just uh, explain kind of what that is uh, and how it works uh, before we talk about some players that may be uh, differently rated by that than the conventional wisdom? Yeah. So I created this system called uh, called uh, boards, which is basically big big old. So my my rating system, big old rating. This is big old rating dollars, and it basically just converts my projection for the player for the coming season, makes a minute estimate, and then uh, creates a dollar amount for that player. Uh, it is somewhat position controlled in that uh, the dollar amounts for centers are slightly lower because the replacement level value is higher, at least by the metrics that I use. And so, uh, but anyway, I came up with dollar amounts for every single player in the year in the league heading into this season. Uh, that for every non-rookie uh, who had a, enough of a sample of minutes in the in the NBA, and so Nate's going to go through and tell me how shitty my method is and where it was the shittiest. <laughs> well, that's uh, I, I think that might be an oversimplification, but if you're curious in, in finding out about it, obviously you can just uh, take a Google and see what's in it. But it, and the best summary that I can give briefly is it's just kind of a combination of on-off metrics and uh, by box score base metrics to try to estimate what a, a player's effectiveness is you know some of the yeah. ones that you know like rpm is, i think is 538's raptor in there yeah as well. so i used raptor pipm and uh per yeah r.i.p pipm but J- jacob goldstein works for the wizards now so all right i, I think the first one that i wanted to talk about and, and you know kind of in your head too the guys who are oh that is hilarious <laughs> that is really funny did you hear what just happened there? i think alexa broke in with a news update for you yeah uh according to twitter jacob goldstein uh, accepted something with the wizard like my that's phone amazing. just told me that that's terrifying uh so in, in any event uh, and and we don't really do many edits on this show so that's definitely staying in but uh hassan whiteside is one if if memory serves he was something you had him valued in something like the 18 million or i shouldn't say you just the system yeah uh, obviously any any model is not you necessarily and there are right. gonna be things that the model spits out that you don't subjectively agree with but he was valued what in like the 18 million yeah, 17 million like dollar valuation and he did not sign he, for he got, he got a minimum dollars. and a lot of bad centers signed for much more than that now i will say i mean if i'm toronto <laughs> right like Oh, good thing I didn't sign Hassan Whiteside. Like, that's not a thing I'm saying right now. Yeah, uh, certainly I think uh, Whiteside has a lot of limitations in terms of just your scheme. He, he is probably one of the players, uh, along with uh, Ennis Cantor, another uh, Portland center, yeah. who is, in NBA history, is probably most overvalued by his box score metrics mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like his actual contribution to winning. Although certainly I think back in 2016, for example, like when he was on the Heat and he was 
was a little bit more athletic and played a little bit harder uh, he i thought he was really good on the heat and uh, losing him to injury in that series against toronto which is one of the worst playoff series in memory mm-hmm. uh ended up probably sinking the heat in that series so i think he, he was a good player he got a max contract yet not only did he get a max contract he had multiple max offers yeah out there that in that 2016 offseason yeah but that said you know i think he's i think of him as just kind of like a normal backup center personally uh but where where would you have him subjectively compared to the rating system yeah so subjectively i would definitely have him lower i'd probably be more comfortable with him as a, a mid-level guy I, I actually i actually thought he was going to get something above the mid-level uh but obviously he his teams had the, had the same concerns you know he's not i mean he's 32 now also like you you know you gotta think about that stuff yeah he struggled to stay healthy at times uh, as well but i mean he i mean he also like he led the league in blocks last year <laughs> like you know he definitely like he's you you can like he's definitely not as good as his box score stats but his box score stats are also really good yeah and for a, he's definitely better than a guy who has the same limitations as him but doesn't have good box score stats right yeah 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 so like i don't know like you're gonna give seven million to robin lopez but you're not gonna look at this guy like i, I don't know i that's where i get off the bus uh i think robin lopez is better than him robin lopez is washed he still protects the rim though like he's he's still like you still cannot score on him at the basket well that's the but one he, thing but he, that's the one thing Whiteside does defensively though i don't but i mean where it was portland like some great rim protection team last year like i don't think Whiteside actually is that good of a rim protector like he's he gets a lot of blocks but he also just doesn't rotate a lot of the time as well and gets out of position going for blocks that he can't get uh so i i think robin lopez is better defensively than, okay. than he is okay um but i, I mean I, I don't think it's like clear or anything but i mm-hmm. I, I would rather have robin lopez on my team than hassan Whiteside. that that okay. i i feel pretty robin lopez would be more year. fun to have around than hassan Whiteside. yes unless that that is that is certainly true unless you're a mascot so uh, let's uh here's another one this is one i actually was surprised it was this low i guess i wasn't surprised it was this low because he didn't have the greatest year last year Mm -hmm. mike conley ended up opting into that 34.5 million dollar player option i don't think anyone's gonna argue that he's worth that much but 13.3 million for mike conley who i think in the bubble and then this year has been really good Mm -hmm. i think that actually undervalues him a little bit yeah i mean that projection was based on his age and the season he had last year so it saw a trend line pointing down uh yeah but i i mean certainly i would give mike conley more than that <laughs> i mean <laughs> you're not going to make me argue against mike conley sorry nate nice try <laughs> well I, so so I, I think it's just interesting to go through and say all right why is yeah. why is the metric lower than what our subjective evaluation yeah. is and, and I that think is la- basically l- i yeah. mean and last year it was very clear to me watching him that and we've talked about this before that him getting used to throwing the ball to gobert rather than throwing the ball to mark was a bigger adjustment than I think people had thought about. Yeah, and he was just missing that floater too, which was wasn't going to continue. Yeah, uh, for too too much. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years now. If you're into working on your own car and truck, saving some money both in labor and on parts, go to RockAuto.com and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Just put in the make and model of your car. It's everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamp, motor oil, even new carpet. 
it. Their catalog is really easy to navigate and the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. There's no reason to go to the auto parts store in person, especially these days, just to find out that they don't have your part and they're going to order it online the same way that you could with rockauto.com for a less expensive price and without going to the store. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car and truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com david harrison here the locked on washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to dave's killer bread i don't know about you guys but when i eat pizza i eat it for the toppings not the crust and when i eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when i throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition by subtraction that thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste killer texture killer nutrition a subtle sweetness and a seed coated crust dave's killer bread is america's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store so are there any players that you feel like have kind of with their performance this season so far have been like wins for your system where they got way less than they kind of should have and now uh the system had them ranked higher and now they're playing well uh so that's one way the system can have a win the other way is if the system has them as not being particularly valuable and they sign for a lot of money and then they turn out to not be that valuable yes yes yeah let's go negative here that's what (laughs) so uh i would say aaron Baines, we're definitely taking a victory lap right now. Yeah, what did you have him rated as? Minimum. Yeah. I think a lot of people had him valued much more highly. Yeah, and I, I was one of those people. I think he just he's just cooked right now, it, yeah. it seems like. I mean, to the point where I actually haven't been able to watch that much of him because... You have to watch the first was, like, four minutes of the game. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, you're Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've probably seen four or five Toronto games, but I didn't really start... I didn't watch that much of them like the first five games of the season because I'm like, oh, I know what this team is. And then by by the time I really started uh, watching them more closely, he was already out of the rotation. Yeah, yeah. The uh, And so the other big guy who hasn't been quite as extreme an example, um, but got two years at the full mid-level, um, and I had him uh, had him as a minimum also was Tristan Thompson. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. He's, uh, he had the hamstring and then COVID protocols, so it's, it's been tough for him. And I think he was also just a signing for the playoffs too, to just give you some toughness and veteranosity and maybe a little bit of switchability but and, and i'm not sure who else they were supposed to sign in terms of who was available at that point and they probably just uh i thought so, they could have so, just signed somebody who wasn't a center um, with their mid-level like yeah. if they had signed justin holiday with their mid-level i think that would feel a lot better right uh you had christian wood at 16 million that's looking pretty decent so far although he might they might need to defend when he's on the floor at, at some point in time yeah yeah i mean he's it's where you know he he gets blocks but yeah you wouldn't call him a good defender though but off offensively though whew, he can he can do it 
Um, did you not have what did you have Chris Boucher at? I would imagine with I some had of his box score Chris, stuff, it would have been I had Chris Boucher at uh, I want to say between six and seven million. I had a decent number on him. Oh, is he under power forwards? He I might have put him under power right? forwards in my free agency okay, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. actually well, no, as I, had it turned him, out? I had him I think I had him at five. Okay. Well I guess he got seven as it turned out. Yeah. Although yeah. a big part of that was just because they he wouldn't have gotten seven if things had turned out differently and they'd brought back a soul and Ibaka. They yeah, just it was kinda... the non-guarantee on the second year that got got it to him. Yeah, yeah, that's why he got as much as he did. But I mean, he's he might actually just get that non-guarantee picked up yeah. at this point in time. Oh yeah, totally. And then he, um, it's interesting because this comes with a minutes projection too. Like if I had projected him for more minutes, his dollar amount would have come in higher. Interesting. But I, I, I don't think there was like I had a I gave a little bit of a boost to guys where it's where it seemed that they were better than the minutes they were playing, but it wasn't that but it wasn't that big a boost. So. It, it could have pushed his number a little higher than this. Well, so what, what the the per minute is called Borg, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, shout out to the to the Trekkies in the audience. Uh, well, you can you're shouting out to one of them right now. Uh, one of the best villains of all time, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I was always, I was disappointed when they brought in like the Borg Queen to like more humanize them. I was like, no, just make them this like enormous collective that doesn't actually have any one decision maker like i thought they were way better with that but uh anyway we, we, we're, we're going off the rails here now <laughs> uh okay let's do let's do one more here gordon hayward mm-hmm. 17 million yeah that's a really interesting one because that's a guy whose usage cha- i mean the two guys actually you know from free agency that are the most interesting conversation i think are gordon hayward and jeremy grant just because their usage situation was destined to change so much with their new teams and, you know, you could argue I had both of them undervalued based on their usage with their former teams rather than the, the usage they were going to have with their next ones. But it's not but it's not always linear like that. Some like a lot of guys move into a high usage situation and then they suck because they can't handle it. So, I mean, one of one of the amazing things about Jeremy Grant so far is that he's been able to score at the same efficiency and actually cut his turnover rate while massively increasing his shot attempts, which isn't really supposed to happen, especially when you leave playing the greatest passer in the league um as your teammate you know like you're you're, okay now you're not playing on team with Jokic and you're going to get just as good as shots like that seemed unlikely but it's happening no I I I agree I mean he he will bear watching very closely here oh I'll give you a win here okay Jay Sean Tate yeah yeah that wasn't the formula though that was just that was just me dropping him in there all right yeah European guys I didn't didn't have numbers for so yeah that, that was that was just me dropping him in there yeah uh Okay, well, it's now time to revive a tradition that has played to wonderful acclaim, at least among us. (laughs) If you're a new listener, we do this most weeks starting this season. We rule a team out of the playoffs and talk a little bit about them and what their future is and last year although it took until the play-in game to make it happen john and i both went 16 for 16 in terms of the teams that made the playoffs despite us ruling out memphis in december and them <laughs> coming back and making us sweat a little bit portland <laughs> took care of them for us so we did get all of the playoff teams in there but obviously it's it's easier to do at the start of the year so i'm gonna let you go first to rule a team out of the 2021 nba playoffs. okay 
that to rule somebody out of the playoffs right out of the shoot, it's tough for me to actually rule out a team from the East right now. Um, as tempting as a couple of them are, um, you know, do you, like I actually, uh, I forced myself to watch Orlando a couple times uh, since Fultz got hurt. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And Fournay has been out though. Hopefully yeah, that, that exactly. can help him a little bit. And um uh, you know, and Detroit obviously hasn't been great, but in a, in a bizarre way, I mean, Killian Hayes' injury is probably going to help them in the short term. And yes, and they at least have have Grant playing at a pretty good level. Like I can't, and there's just nobody, no nobody pulling away from them in the, like those seven eight spots. So you know, you have a couple good weeks and you're right back in it. West is like the West has definitely started to turn the tide now, where where some of these teams are really starting to get their footing, and even a couple of the ones that aren't, like you know. Dallas is going to get back in it once they get their players back. Um, so I, I think that's where I'm going to choose. Um, really three contenders here for me. Uh, when you look at Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Sacramento, I'm going to knock out Minnesota. They just they just look like shit. Like I, I, I probably should knock out Oklahoma City instead. Uh, but they're, you know, Oklahoma City at least has six wins. Minnesota, like you just, this is just the softest team. Uh, they're, you know, they get nothing from uh, the at the end. Angela Russell led team, you don't say. Yeah, um, Edwards. You know he has these moments where where you see the talent, but most of the time he's just not a good basketball player right now. Uh, you know, D- Jared Culver I think is going to top out as like the fourth wing or third wing. Like I, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something there. And then any game, like it feel any game Towns misses, it feels like they have virtually no chance of, of winning. Uh, so I, I I just have a hard time seeing them seeing them get back. And and which is me eating crow a little bit because I had predicted them to be halfway decent before the season and man they're just not. Certainly, I will agree with you uh, on Minnesota. We can talk more about them in a little bit, but I I need to go first here. Uh, um, and the Pistons are very tempting. They're three and ten right now. Yeah. It, uh, but I think I actually am going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Six and seven right now. Yes, but you know Al Horford. There, I don't doesn't seem like they're exactly rushing him back from missing time for personal reasons hopefully there's nothing serious going on there but uh trevor ariza they haven't even asked him to report their bench is so bad they've gotten crazy performances so far from a guy like hamadou diallo who's not going to continue to he's been good he's yeah been. yeah uh so and it's just they don't want to be good they that's not the organizational priority right now we the wolves at least uh, again i'm not standing for the wolves here to make the playoffs <laughs> by any means <laughs> But they at least, you know, there's rumors that they might try to get P.J. Tucker. Like, there's pressure on them to win now. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns is good. Uh, hopefully, he can return from COVID without any any further issues. Yeah, they got Edwards. I agree. Their three and four situations are maybe the worst in the league. And Ricky Rubio hasn't looked like the same guy either. And, and Russell, you know what I think of him. But there's still... They're going to be trying, and I just know that the Thunder aren't. And yeah, they've had this surprising start, but I just don't really... It's just, they're not going to try to make it. Like, they are going to tank. That's what this entire plan for this team is about. So I'm going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder, having not learned my lesson about the Memphis Grizz last year. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it will take a Herculean effort from Shea Gilgus Alexander, I think, to uh, yeah, to- and, and he's been awesome. But there's no way that George Hill ends the season on this team. Uh, and Lou Dort, I don't see him continuing to shoot 45 percent from three or whatever it's been. Although it's, yeah. he's obviously been very encouraging, and he's a, a keeper, a really good player. But if they lose Horford, I mean, you've got Mike Mescal has been shooting it awesomely. Like that's not going to continue. They anytime they go up against any center at all, like we saw last night with Jokic, they're just going to get put in the goal. They can't rebound. They can't protect the rim. Their offense is going to be bottom three for sure. Uh, I mean, I think that's only going to get worse than it's been even. So yeah, I I feel comfortable with OKC, but I I don't, I I probably actually would have the Wolves. They wouldn't be in my top three right now. Wow. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm... uh... Actually, no, they might be third, but I I would go Pistons over them, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm feeling the Thunder a little too much from watching them kick the crap out of Brooklyn right before the trade happened. Yeah. I, I did not watch that game. I, I've I've watched some of their bad games. They've also had like that win over the Bulls was completely ridiculous. Like, their point differential is not great right now. No, it is not. But it just yeah, yeah. and they don't have like the level of depth that Memphis had last year. I mean, that was a big part of why we ruled Memphis out early. It was just it didn't seem like it was part of the plan to be good. But yeah, uh, they just had so much depth that they almost couldn't help it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what do you make of this situation that the Wolves are? I mean, are in crazy that we're basically writing them off now, twelve games into their season. They yeah they're they're in a rough spot with this team because it's i mean it's it's designed to be a high level offensive team that is at least somewhat serviceable on defense right like that's their winning equation right like russell and towns makes you so good on offense that it doesn't matter that you're just okay on defense and instead i mean they're 26th in offense like if you if you build a team like this and you can't score like what what are you what are you doing then i know towns has only played four games but i mean how how high does him being back return you if he plays in in the other eight of those games i mean sure he lifts he lifts you up somewhat but there's so many other players who just aren't delivering at the offensive end yeah your hope is that is given by and again only four games as you mentioned but carl towns does have a plus six net rating right now Mm -hmm. that that's that you still can be good with him on the floor and yes you you need to shore up that backup big situation you need to shore up the four and possibly the three as well but you've just i mean i think if you've beasley has been okay this year ricky rubio you brought him in he hasn't been good hopefully he'll get better yeah towns russell i mean that's four guys in theory who are decent starters it's just that there's literally no one else on the team that's any good right now and so you can maybe the way for hope here again and you know this is the optimistic approach obviously you know i'm not a a russell believer i'm not a towns believer defensively Uh, but uh, the hope is that one of the easiest things to do is to just fill in guys who are absolutely terrible with you know at least reasonable contributors in free agency your problem is they don't have any money for next year they're already 18 million dollars over the cap for next year they probably can't even use the full mid-level next year and they we've been saying that about them for three years and they haven't actually been able to find guys who are better than replacement level at these positions yeah yeah so yeah they're they're their hands are tied as far as trades and stuff they don't really have assets to put in deals right now you know they owe the future first to Golden State already. So it's it's just hard to see how it gets much better there from the from the corner they painted themselves into unless the players that are already there just start playing dramatically better. Yeah, I think they will to some degree. And, and Towns, he had such a rough off season as well, and he hasn't been able to get into a rhythm this year. But uh, and now he's so, I mean he's but, probably going to be out a while longer too. Remember? 
Right. Yeah. No, it's going to be at least a, another week, you would think, uh, given the, the COVID diagnosis. So, yeah, I and I also just don't have faith in this front office to fix this. I don't have faith in their coach. I mean, that's another thing maybe they could do is if they uh, if they if there was a coaching change. I mean, maybe does that light a spark? Maybe. Yeah. No. But like the, that spark gets you back to being, you know, a 30 win type of team, you know, maybe 40 wins over an 82 game season in a good season. Right. I mean, there's still no way this defense defense gets good enough really to be over 500 probably yeah yeah so they're in a rough spot perhaps anthony edwards ends up developing so well that he's their ticket out of it but you're you're putting stock in a lot of things that i think are pretty unlikely to happen at this point yeah absolutely and okc i mean i'm no reason to panic about their long-term future we know that they have a a ton Mm -hmm. of good players i mean i think that not only just because they're six and seven but just the development this season of shea seth wrote about this the other day that, that he's really increased his playmaking you had these questions about whether he was a point guard and now that he's not in that three point guard system he's uh, been distributing a lot more and his shooting is held up even under a, a larger burden and lou dort being able to shoot and defend the way that he can i mean those are that's, two very good a nice nice development for them yeah yeah and they don't have a ton else but they've got some flyers out there and they're going to get a great player in the draft they hope this year and uh they'd be foolish to try to improve their record <laughs> too much this year yeah, uh, and they've absolutely. got all these picks in, in the future so i think it, it, we're probably going to be looking at this season as a as a success for okc as long as uh dort and shea gilchrist alexander can uh consolidate these gains yeah um all right last question here okay got about 10 minutes or so left i wanted to ask you i was thinking about this actually uh, listening to a book called uh, America's Game, which is a, it's old from 2005, but it's about how the NFL got built up. And they talked about how in the 60s, back when computers were like really expensive, the Cowboys like came up with this scouting system where they rated every prospect, you know, numerically based on certain distributions. And then they tried using regressions to basically model out who the best prospects were based on these uh, this subjective analysis. Mm-hmm. And so that just got me thinking of like, you know, what does a modern day scouting database look like if you if you have let's say you you're thinking of trading for a player and you click on his name in the scouting database what's there uh it depends where you work first of all uh because everybody has their own custom system and it's a little different um and so generally you're gonna ha- you're gonna find a couple things um you're gonna have uh scouts impressions right going back to college of like just reports from individual games that are that are uh you know tagged to the player and so that when you pull up the player it um it it pulls up every time there was a scout who was at one of his games and 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 had a had a report on that player or had information on that player uh you're gonna have your analytics then and uh which can consist of obviously the the same stats that we can look at publicly but also it's probably gonna have some of your secret sauce in there too uh what your you know what your internal salary projection was for the guy coming into the year what your analytics say about the guy right now uh what your analytics thought about him during his draft year, if, especially if it's a recently uh, graduated player, or I say graduate, that doesn't really happen that much, I guess. But um, <laughs> you know, a, a player who recently drafted. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, 
then uh, you might also have some health and medical in there too in terms of uh, especially if the player is at the draft combine uh, you'll have your medical report from there uh, any injury information since then I mean obviously the team's required to disclose that in a trade call but you want to get ahead of the curve on that stuff and, and figure out what what you ought to be worried about and and what questions you should be asking another team so uh, I would say those are probably the main elements um, and then a lot of it comes down to uh, <laughs> formats, I guess, and and you know displays and custom features and whatnot. Um, I think the ability to call up video is something that you know a lot of teams have their own separate video package anyway, so they're not going to bother to kind of repeat it inside a, a scouting database. But some some might. Uh, yeah. So let's say you were with the Grizzlies, you're thinking of trading for a player, mm-hmm. and you're trying to to get caught up on where this guy is now you know obviously you probably scouted him when he yeah. was in college you've seen you've seen some games you have a general impression yeah. of the guy but you're like okay you know we're two weeks before the trade deadline here you know we're interested in trading for courtney lee yeah for example you know so what are you doing at that point in you know to use that information or to check up on him again and be like okay how much are we really willing to give up for this guy yeah so so I, I think a couple things happen. I mean, what, one, you're looking at all the information on him, on his season and whatnot, and all your analytics on him. And you're, if you, a lot of times you'll have particular questions. And so you may go deeper than what just what's in the database and ask your guys to go back and look and say, okay, what kind of shots is he taking this year versus last year? Why is his shooting percentage different? Or, uh, you know, why why is the team playing so much better or so much worse when he's on the court this year? And, and trying to dig deeper on that. You'll also, um, without a doubt, pull in your, your scouting people to do a deep dive and say, you know, look at five recent games of this guy and tell me what you're seeing. And, and you'll get a few different people to do that. And I mean, I certainly would always do that too, um, you know, myself. Uh, and so just so you're not, that that's really to make sure you're not missing anything and that you haven't misjudged something about just kind of what the player is uh and 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 so that that that's always an important step too um but so it it quickly moves beyond just the database because inevitably like that gives you the top line and then you start getting into specific questions beyond that uh that requires very custom solutions yeah so it could it could be all right we got to go up against the warriors this year how is this guy guarded steph curry in the past like that those sorts of just like more granular inquiries that you kind of use the scouting database as a starting point but then you're really going to dive in on some of these more specific questions for your team and the role you're going to need them to play yeah yeah so i mean the the best thing the best thing that those databases can do for you is really get the ball rolling and start and start start uh kind of streamlining what your questions ought to be and what what your general kind of constraints are on on what how good or bad the player is like because you'll have your analytics in there and it'll it'll sort of give you an idea of if, if it's screaming like neon like avoid 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 or or if it's or yeah. if it's telling you if it's is a good player and then you, you from that point you're just you're just answering the questions of why how often just as a general course of things would you want pro personnel to see guys in the league and have a, a report on over the course of a season like how, how many times were you were you like okay i feel comfortable 
comfortable that we're we're seeing the players around the league enough oh um you mean like travel in person yeah yeah or or i mean it could i guess be be film work too but just yeah, as sort I of mean, a, a general proposition to just be like all right you know we, we've i mean i assume every player in the league you have a some sort of a a an entry on them and so is it all right we've seen this guy in person twice this year and that's enough or is it five times or is it we saw him in person once and we looked at 10 games of him on film or you know, what is kind of just a, in the normal course of business maybe not a player you're specifically drilling down on but just to like all right you know we, we just if something develops well, especially here, impression of this you guy. know especially in an organization that's um you know in, in a small market you usually have fewer people and you're wearing multiple hats a lot yeah. of times you'll have your scouts looking at pro players in october and, and november and then transition a lot more of their time to looking at college guys in december january and going to college games and then you pull them back off of that to to look at more recent film of these pro players when you think there is a chance that you're going to have uh an opportunity to sign one of them and it could be it may not be nba players either i mean th- there's um uh, there's a fair amount of energy that goes into the g league too remember and yeah and scouting those guys okay last question i promise here mm-hmm. what percent of scouting resources just to in-person scouting mm-hmm. we'll say are divided between nba other pro leagues and college i would say the nba is probably the smallest portion of that just because that there there's just less reason to send people out to nba games some teams do do it um but they don't do it in the same numbers as as they do for college or for europe even a lot of times and and yeah. it's because a every single team comes to your gym right so and you you your own team travels there you watch your own team play against these all these other teams in in the course you're doing your job and b it's the nba like you, you the games are on tv all the time you can download any game anytime you want like it's just there for you all the yeah. time um and the video quality is always there and the, the third, and, and the, the stats third, are better too the stats the sta- are better the, the, stats the third are, thing are is much you more just robust. you just know so much more about these players you know when they're in their fifth year in the league like you know what they are by that point most of the time yeah and i you know your advanced scout is seeing these teams too uh, as well yeah you know when you're preparing for them so that's a that's another way i guess you the organization is getting eyes on them yeah because like even when we scout teams we tend to watch the guys who don't play right like we'll go two hours before the game and watch all those guys and see if there's a, a diamond in the rough that we might want to pluck from another roster but w- once once the game starts there there's definitely more of a mindset that okay we kind of know who who most of these guys are i mean there you know there are exceptions or there's times where you, you say like hey this guy looks you know way better than i thought or whatever but by and large like you, there's there's less ability to come up with new information at an nba game all right well the grilling is over <laughs> thanks so much okay. uh, for joining us so what'd you write about for the athletic this week yeah so i wrote about um uh Basketball and the Big Apple being back a little bit with the Knicks looking like something of a real basketball team and the uh, Brooklyn, obviously, with, with James Harden now. And uh, wrote uh, wrote about Evan Mobley, a USC, and his case for being the number one pick in the draft. Uh, and did a little scouting report on Xavier Tillman. 
Uh, and uh, I'll probably have something coming uh, later this week that I think will be a little fun, but I can't tell you about yet quite yet. All right. And uh, Danny and I, uh, we are off next week for the NBA cast. In fact, we at Hollinger Duncan will be off next week uh, as well. Uh, but uh, I encourage you every Monday other than that to check out Danny and I on NBA League Pass. Uh, if you are a subscriber, we're doing Lakers at Hawks on February 1st, uh, that Monday. And obviously you can catch the rest of my podcasting on Dunked On. We'll talk to you all in two weeks. Till then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.